your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 441 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. That song you were hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And I just want to thank all you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And I want to start today's podcast by letting you guys know that I got some good news and I got some bad news. Actually, there's there's two items of good news and one item of bad news. We'll start with the bad news here. I am one of many people who has been affected by the situation between Xfinity and MSG. I'm not going to get into all the details and point fingers and try to figure out who's at fault, who's mostly at fault, who's kind of at fault but not really at fault. I don't think anybody really cares about that. The bottom line is if you're an Xfinity subscriber, then you cannot watch MSG right now. They you know, there's a contract dispute or whatever it is. I'm not going to get into all the legalities, but the long and short of it is that if you're trying to watch the New York Rangers and you have Xfinity, you are not able to do that right now, at least for the games that are on MSG, which is, of course, the vast majority of the game. So that's the bad news. And also to kind of build on that for the rest of the bad news here is that I set my DVR to record the Rangers-Devils game on Friday. I wasn't going to be able to watch it live because I was working my other job. And then, of course, it records basically a blank screen for about three hours. So I was not able to watch the Rangers-Devils preseason game. The nice thing about that, though, and this leads me into the first of two good news items here, is that we don't really have to relive that 7-1 to loss to the Devils. I mean, I saw highlights, and obviously it was not pretty. It's just the preseason, and I realized that a lot of these guys maybe aren't kicking it into fifth gear just yet. But you don't want to lose 7-1 to a division rival really under any circumstances. So the good news is we're not going to be talking so much about that game today. Uh, and the other good news is that the situation is taken care of. We have switched to a different service over here, and we're now able to watch the Rangers, including a thrilling 4-3 win over the Boston Bruins in Boston on Saturday. The Rangers, of course, winning that game in overtime on a goal by Alexi Lafreniere. And I don't want to bury the lead here. Let's start with the overtime period. Let's start with uh, the heroics from Lafreniere. Uh, basically, Linus Olmark has the puck for the Bruins. He's looking to make a pass, get the puck out of his zone. Lafreniere's there. He's in the area. He knocks the pass down, the, or the, the clearing attempt down, whatever it was, and the puck falls at his feet. He backhands it right into the net before Olmark even knew what was happening. So uh, a fantastic way to end the night and, uh, you know, a very hard-earned win for the New York Rangers. I don't think it was perfect by any stretch of the imagination. We'll get into some of that as well. But I think overall, you look at these first four preseason games here, I would say this is probably the best performance by the New York Rangers because despite making some mistakes and despite it not being a perfect night, uh, the Rangers found a way to get it done. They found a way to climb out of a 3-1 to hole against a good team on the road in their building. Uh, they got some goals from some unlikely sources, and they won the game in overtime with a clutch play by somebody that I think a lot of us are looking to uh, take another step forward here. So uh, overall, once again, very, very satisfying win for the New York Rangers coming back and beating the Bruins on the road. I figure we might as well go ahead and jump into the line combinations. And before I get into all the uh, you know forward trios and the defense pairings, I also just wanted to point out the fact to kind of build on the point that I just made about how I think that this is the best win of the preseason so far for the Rangers, or really just the best game so far in the preseason. You look at the Bruins on Saturday, you look at the team that they put on that ice, it was very, very different 
from the first time that the Rangers played the Bruins in this preseason. In the first matchup, the Bruins had very, very few players that you've really even heard of. I mean, it wasn't even the B squad. It was probably the C or D squad that they put out there. And of course, the Rangers won that game two, three to two, to be exact. But this game was basically the exact opposite. This looked like a dress rehearsal kind of game for the Boston Bruins. Of course, the perfection line was all out there. All their top defensemen was out there. I mean, Charlie McAvoy was in the lineup. Uh, you pretty much look up and down uh, the Bruins lineup, and it looks pretty similar to what they're probably going to put out there on opening night. So they pretty much went with their A lineup, and the Rangers did not. The Rangers, uh, you know, obviously the top line was Strom centering Lafreniere and Kako. You know all those guys are going to be out there at opening night. But if you look at the rest of the forwards, uh, the other nine forwards, and I'll go through them in just a second, like I said, but I think the only other two Ranger forwards, but Besides that top line there, as far as guys that are going to be out there on opening night, are probably Ryan Reeves and Sammy Blay. But without any further ado, let's go through the line combinations here. We already talked about the top line. Strom playing with the two kids, Lafreniere and Kako, on his wings. Uh, the second line was Greg McCaig centering Sammy Blay and Julian Gauthier. I thought Sammy Blay had a really nice night, once again throwing his weight around. We'll talk about that as well. Uh, Julian Gauthier did all right. It's kind of par for the course with him, though, where he looks dangerous at times, but the results just aren't there as far as the score sheet is concerned. But uh, I was happy to see him uh, getting to play on the second line, although it's not really a, a true bona fide second line that the Rangers ran out there. I don't think on opening night the second line is going to be Greg McKay, Sammy Blay, and Julian Gauthier. Uh, but at least he got some ice time and got an opportunity to uh, try to put his best foot forward as he tries to make this team. You've got a third line of Kevin Rooney centering Dryden Hunt and Laurie Pahuniemi. And then the fourth line, Morgan Barron, centering Will Cooley and Ryan Reeves. And then for the defense pairings, you had Ryan Lindgren out there with Braden Schneider. That was the uh, top pairing. I thought Schneider looked good. Uh, he will start the season with the Hartford Wolfpack. We now know that. And we'll talk about some of the other players that the Rangers sent to their junior teams and or the uh, Hartford Wolfpack. And we'll go through that at the end of today's episode. But you also had Matthew Robertson with Patrick Nemeth. And you had Libor Hayek and Nils Lundqvist, two guys trying to carve out a role for themselves on this team and maybe open the season as the sixth and final defense. And certainly Nils Lundqvist is in the running. Uh, Hayek maybe a little bit of a dark horse candidate. I can't see him being out there on opening night. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. I thought he did fine in this game. But I think the Rangers are just trying to aim a little bit higher with somebody like Nils Lundqvist or maybe uh, Zach Jones in that sixth and final defenseman spot. And we will get into the highlights of today's game in just a second here. But first, I just wanted to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by DirecTV. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch all your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is also brought to you by Get Upside. Hey, Ranger fans, this is John Chick with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code HOCKEY and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code HOCKEY to get up to 50 cents 
a gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code HOCKEY to get up to $0.50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. That's promo code HOCKEY. All right, so I went through the line combinations and defense pairings just a second ago. I should probably also mention that Alex Georgiev started this game in net for the New York Rangers. He stopped 22 of 25 shots. He played the first two periods. Tyler Wall entered the game in the third period and stopped all 11 shots that he faced. I've been pretty impressed by Tyler Wall. You know, obviously he had a little bit of a tough season last year with the Hartford Wolfpack, but he's been impressive the little that we've seen of him in this preseason here. He's one of many players who are now heading back to the Hartford Wolfpack, but he had a sequence in the third period where he stopped three consecutive shots by the Bruins, and a couple of them were pretty difficult, and that kept the Bruins lead at just 3-2 to two and allowed the Rangers to come back and ultimately win this game. So a good showing for Tyler Hall in limited preseason action with the New York Rangers, but... You know, something else that I alluded to during the intro just a couple of minutes ago here is that the Rangers definitely took, once again, too many penalties and just too many that they really didn't need to take. Uh, Libor Hayek took a penalty less than two minutes into this game, and I didn't actually see the penalty. You know, it's one of those things. MSG usually does such a great job. They'll get you a replay of everything. They almost seemed like they had a hard time finding this penalty because they didn't come up with a replay of it, and all of a sudden the Bruins were just on the power play, and the Bruins, of course, uh, converted on the man advantage. But obviously, Libor Hayek, again, I didn't really see what happened, but Hayek is in a spot where he's trying to make this team, and you know, taking a penalty just two minutes into the game, that probably does not do him any favors. I don't think it's a death sentence either, but that's not a way to kind of win over the coaching staff. And you know, for us fans, I keep going on and on about this, the penalties, but I just want to get five minutes into a game without the Rangers taking a penalty because that's something that has really plagued this team in recent seasons. But, you know, beyond Hayek, I might as well just finish talking about the penalties while we're kind of going over that subject right now. Uh, the Rangers took a too-many-men penalty, which really should never happen. Uh, there was an instance where Sammy Blay took a delay-of-game penalty. That's one that borderline should never happen either. I mean, I suppose they're going to happen from time to time. Somebody's trying to clear the puck out of the zone. They put a little too much sauce on it. It goes up and over the glass, goes into the stands. It's a delay-of-game penalty, but that's not a great penalty either. And uh, there was at least one other. Uh, yeah, Dryden Hunt had a cross-check uh, that he really didn't need to take either. And apparently the league is really being to crack down on cross-checks. But, you know, the Bruins basically just dumped the puck into the Rangers zone and Hunt's there and he cross-checks his guy down to the ice and he's off for two minutes. That could have been a costly penalty as well. I believe that was in the third period when the Rangers were still trailing by a goal. So, yeah, I mean, again, too many penalties. Uh, the good news is that I think overall the penalty kill had a pretty nice night for the New York Rangers. The Bruins went one for four on the man advantage, and the one that they scored was really just uh, a great play by them. McAvoy to Bergeron to Pasternak, all the star players kind of linking up there. Uh, it was a perfect pass, and Pasternak scored from a really difficult angle. It's not like the Rangers were, you know, caught woefully out of position or anything like that. It was just a good play by the Bruins. So uh, a strong night for the kill for the New York Rangers. That's the silver lining here that despite taking uh, a couple of unnecessary penalties, the PK stepped up uh, for the most part in this game here. The other good news is that the Rangers struck right back after the Bruins got this early goal. There was a, a great answer by the Rangers on the next shift. Nils Lundqvist has the puck at the blue line. He shoots it wide, but it bounces off of the boards, and Strom is behind the net, and he was really quick to corral it, bring it in front, and score on a wraparound before Omar could really kind of close off the near post there. And, uh, you know, he Omar actually got a little piece of it with his skate, but it deflected off of his skate, went into the net. And uh, Strom has had a pretty good preseason so far, I would say, and that's something that we're going to need as Ranger fans. There's a lot 
lot of Rangers who got off to rough starts last season. I mean, you guys remember they started the season 1-4-1. Uh, the sky was falling. You had that whole Tony D'Angelo debacle. We don't really need to rehash all that stuff. But the bottom line is a lot of Rangers really underperformed at the beginning of last season. And so I think uh, it just bodes well for the Rangers if some of those guys who struggled early in the regular season last year have strong preseasons and look like they're ready to go when the puck drops for the regular season. That is starting to look like the case with Ryan Strom. He was one of many, many players that got, got off to a rough start uh, this past season. Unfortunately, we're barely past the five-minute mark of the first period here, and the Bruins take a 2-1 to one lead. Just some really good passing. He had a drop pass. He had a backhand pass, and Bergeron scores from the dot in the right face-off circle, so the Bruins go back up 2-1. to one. Again, you know, I'm not going to kill the Rangers for this. I don't think that they did anything egregiously wrong here. I think it was just a case of good passing, and one of the best players in hockey getting a scoring chance from some pretty prime real estate there and, and converting it on his opportunity. So the Bruins go back up 2-1. to one. Obviously, you don't want to give up two goals in the first five minutes and handful of seconds, but the Bruins made plays here. You do have to tip your cap at least a little bit. And somebody who stood out to me for the Rangers in this game in a positive way was Braden Schneider. Now, up until we just got the news that Schneider is going to start the season with the Hartford Wolfpack, I would have said he was in play for an opening night roster spot. You know, there aren't too many opportunities available for the Rangers right now. Gerard Gallant has even confirmed as much. There aren't really a lot of open spots and open competitions. You know, a lot of these forward spots and defenseman spots are pretty well accounted for. We know that five of the six Ranger defensemen are basically already settled going into opening night, you know, barring injury or anything like that. But I would have said, you know, Braden Schneider, he's a little bit behind Zach Jones and a little bit behind Nils Lundqvist. It sounds like they kind of had the lead on him. But I would have said up until we just got the news once again that Schneider will be heading to the AHL, that he was at least in the mix. And I thought he had a strong game here. I think Schneider's future is very bright. Hopefully it's with the Rangers. I mean, there's all these trade rumors that always fly when it comes to Jack Eichel and maybe uh, some other trade that the Rangers would make. And Braden Schneider, of course, could be an attractive trade piece, you know, going in the other direction. I kind of hope that doesn't happen because, uh, again, somebody who going into the draft, what we heard was that he has a very safe floor. And when you watch him perform in this preseason, he did not seem overwhelmed by the moment. I thought he did a really nice job for this New York Ranger team. And I thought he gelled pretty well with Ryan Lindgren last night. There was another instance later in the game where the Bruins were entering the zone on a rush, and, you know, it was looking dangerous, but they really just stayed calm, Lindgren and Schneider, and they forced the puck to the outside. The Bruins had to settle for a shot from the perimeter, and Georgiev made a fairly easy save in that instance. But in this instance here, going back to the first period, Pasternak had a golden opportunity from the doorstep, and Braden Schneider, I would say, single-handedly prevented a goal here. So the puck was moved in deep to Pasternak. He is not going to miss from this close in and with this much net to shoot at. I mean, this is a goal. You can pretty much put it on the board. And Schneider uh, really reached out with his stick, deflected the puck away, and uh, just prevented Pasternak from getting his shot away. If Pasternak takes this shot, uh, it's a goal, and the Rangers are down. I think at that point, it might have been even 4-1, to one, or at least 3-1. to one. But bottom line, the Bruins would have had another goal, and at some point in this game, they would have been up 4-1, to one, and that just makes the task of coming back that much more difficult. So overall, I thought that it was a pretty strong season for Braden Schneider, and once again, he's somebody that we could end up seeing uh, sooner than maybe some of us anticipated when they took him in the first round last season. I wouldn't put it past the Rangers to uh, call him up, give him a promotion to the NHL roster at some point this season. We'll see how it shakes out. Uh, obviously, look, if the Rangers have six defensemen that are delivering and playing strong hockey night in uh, and night out, then we might not see him. But if somebody scuffles a little bit or there's some injuries, whatever it might be, and an opportunity kind of uh, presents itself, then maybe we see Brighton Schneider, like I said, a little bit ahead of schedule, quote-unquote, uh, for this New York Ranger team this season. But we'll obviously track his progress and see what he does with the Hartford Wolfpack. 
I also wanted to mention this. This is a stat that I think Ranger fans are probably going to like. Anybody who saw this game on Saturday probably noticed it as well. We know that the Rangers brought in Ryan Reeves and Sammy Blay to likely fill out the fourth line and play physical hockey. I mean, that's the calling card of both of these players. But what you may not have known is that these guys are up near the very, very top of the NHL in hits per 60 minutes played. Uh, Ryan Reeves, over the past three seasons, the, the stats are all the past three seasons combined, the cumulative of the past three seasons in the NHL. Ryan Reeves leads the NHL with 23.35 hits per 60 minutes played, and Sammy Blay is fourth in the NHL in that time at 16.81 hits per 60 minutes played. And something that really jumps out there is that Ryan Reeves leads everybody else in the NHL. Matt Martin's number two. Reeves has 23.35 hits per 60 minutes played. Matt Martin has 21.62. So almost an additional two hits per 60 minutes played for Ryan Reeves than any other player in the NHL. And of course, we knew these guys were physical. I didn't know that it was uh, to quite that extent. I mean, Reeves, you would imagine, would be near the top of that list. I didn't know Sammy Blay was so high on that list. But for anybody who wanted this Ranger team to become more physical and become tougher and more difficult to play against. I think you're going to have a ton of fun watching this fourth line this season, as I know I will as well. So definitely looking forward to seeing what those guys can do in the regular season. I mean, we're already seeing some of it in the preseason, but when these games count, it's going to be a lot of fun to see guys like Reeves and Blay impact this game and uh, give the Rangers a dimension that they've been lacking a little bit because the fourth line in recent seasons for the Rangers is basically just guys who couldn't crack the top nine. And in this case, you're looking at two true bonafide fourth line hard-nosed players here in Ryan Reeves and in Sammy Blay. Uh, the Rangers get a power play not too long after falling behind two to one, and they roll with a five-man unit of Ryan Strom, Sammy Blay, Capo Caco, Alexi Lafreniere, and Nils Lundqvist. And this is something that I meant to talk about in our most recent Locked on New York Ranger episode, or at least the most recent uh, post-game New York Ranger episode here. And it's the idea that I've kind of had in the back of my head a little bit when it comes to the Rangers' second power play unit. And you guys can let me know what you think about this as well. But last season, the Rangers' top power play unit really led the way for the Rangers, and the second power play unit didn't get a ton of ice time and wasn't really that productive. And it's a little bit of the chicken and the egg there, right? Because, you know, is the second power play unit, are they not producing because they're not getting any opportunities, or are they not getting any opportunities because they're not producing? And it, like usual, it's a little bit of both in that kind of situation there. But... My idea for the second power play unit, especially given that they scuffled a little bit last season, is what about putting a big, tough, physical forward on the power play unit and giving him the very specific instruction of stand in front of the goalie, screen the goalie, create havoc in front of the net? Because we've got Chris Kreider on the top power play unit, and that's what he can bring to the table when the Rangers are on the man advantage on the, and they've got their top power play unit out there. But what about putting somebody like Sammy Blay or Ryan Reeves? I would think probably Blay because I think Blay does have a little bit more offensive ability than Ryan Reeves, and it is the power play after all. But what about putting one of those two guys in front of the goalie when the Rangers' second power play unit is out there? I don't know that I would start the season doing it that way. I think I would give the kids a chance to play and you know let these guys hopefully kind of establish uh, some, some rhythm and create some scoring opportunities on the second power play. But that's an idea that I think if I'm Gallant and this Ranger coaching staff, I might keep in my back pocket a little bit. That If things aren't clicking on that second power play unit, let's shake things up a little bit. Let's add a dimension that this unit has been lacking and let's put a big dude right there in front of the goalie to screen the goalie and maybe even clean up some, uh, some rebounds uh, in front of the net there as well. It's going to be really, really hard to move guys like Sammy Blake 
play and Ryan Reeves out of the goal crease if they don't want to be moved. So it's an idea. And again, I don't know that I would start the season that way, but I think that it's something, like I said, that I would at least consider if that unit continues to struggle this season. And we will continue to break down everything that happened in this preseason game against the Bruins here. But first, I just wanted to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Indeed. Thanks to the great resignation, the job market is filled with once-in-a-generation talent. So how is your organization going to put together an all-star team? Your front office needs an all-star roster. You need Indeed. Indeed is a hiring partner that gets you what you really want, a short list of quality candidates as fast as possible, because you can do it all. Attract, interview, and hire all at Indeed. Don't struggle on your own to find quality candidates. Indeed can help you hire the right people right now. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process so you can find talent with the skills you need through tools like Indeed Instant Match assessments and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description and you can even invite them to apply right away. With Indeed Instant Match, over 90% of employees get quality candidates as soon as they sponsor their job posts, according to Indeed data. Candidates you invite to apply through Instant Match are three times more likely to apply to your job than those who only see it in search, according to Indeed data. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is also brought to you by Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know all the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. You got coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. You know what my favorite flavor is? It's mint brownie because brownies are awesome and these are actually healthy. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they are healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar, and only four to five grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off at built.com. And once again, just want to go ahead and thank you guys for making Lockdown New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And as I alluded to, you know, during the intro when I was describing everything going on with Xfinity MSG and all that stuff, I was not able to watch this game live, but, you know, today it's almost impossible to stay away from spoilers. And, you know, on social media, I saw people absolutely raving about how good Capo Caco looked. Uh, I will say I think maybe they overstated it a little bit. I I think Caco certainly had a nice game for himself, but the way people were talking about it, I was expecting to see him just all over the ice the entire game. And again, he did have a really solid game. I don't know that it was as great as a lot of people made it out to be, but I will say this. This is one thing that is uh, undeniable when it comes to Capo Caco, something that he started to do last season and that he is doing in this preseason as well. Small sample size, I realize, just a couple of preseason games. But Caco is much more willing to engage uh, his opponents along the boards 
in puck battles, and he's much more willing to use his size to knock people off the puck, throw his weight around a little bit. That's not to say he's going to go out there and put up a Ryan Reeves uh, number of hits this season, because I don't think he's going to do that. But he sticks his nose in there certainly a lot more than he did in his rookie season. We started to see that a little bit from Kako during last season as well, and it's really nice to see him uh, you know, continue that throughout the preseason here, and we can only hope and expect that that will carry into the regular season as well. There was one instance that really stood out I'm trying to think what period it was. I think it would have been the second period where Kako was behind. The puck was behind the net. A big multi-man skirmish for the puck. You know, everybody's trying to get it, get it loose. And eventually Kako just outworks his guys. He gets the puck. He brings it in front and tries to stuff it in. Uh, the save was made by Olmark. But nice to see Kako there once again, just using his size to basically manufacture a scoring chance pretty much single-handedly. So that was obviously very, very good to see. And... You know, for Rangers-Bruins, I thought this was a pretty cordial matchup here. I mean, maybe it's the preseason and these guys don't want to get too carried away. You got 82 games of the regular season in front of you, plus however many playoff games. But there wasn't really a whole lot of extracurriculars. The lone exception to that was at the end of the second period. I just want to talk about this real quick. Basically, the clock is about to expire, and Will Cooley puts a hit on his guy. Uh, what was his name? Forbort. And Forbort didn't like it. He kind of shoved Cooley back. The hit probably came a little bit after the horn sounded, but at the same time, you know, Cooley doesn't know exactly how much time is left. He's already committed to delivering the hit there, and he drives him into the boards, and we get a big uh, uh, dust up there between basically everybody on the ice, between the Bruins and Rangers. This was the only time where tempers kind of boiled over, but you got to love the fact if you're a Ranger fan, Ryan Reeves, once again, right in the mix there, standing up for the kid in Will Cooley. And, you know, that's the message that Ryan Reeves has for, for anybody that's playing the Rangers is that, you know, you got to go through me. And that's good to see. We've seen that in the preseason here, and I'm sure we'll see it in the regular season as well. Ryan Reeves, once again, a very welcome addition to this New York Ranger team. But we'll turn our attention to the third period here. And another reason why I think this was such a nice win for the New York Rangers is that I actually thought that they kind of got outplayed in the third period by this Boston Bruins team. If you look at most of the action, the rink was a little bit tilted. The puck was in the Rangers zone for quite a while. As we talked about in the intro, I thought Tyler Wall did a really nice job keeping the Rangers in the game, keeping the deficit at just one. And it enabled the Rangers to come back, tie the game, and ultimately win it in overtime. And that happened while the Rangers were shorthanded because Kevin Rooney is out there. Now he's established himself as one of the better penalty killers on the New York Rangers, and he's obviously going to be in that role this season. And really, when you look at the Ranger forwards, he's one of the only ones that you can say for sure that like, yeah, okay, this guy is definitely going to see a lot of time on the penalty kill because we've seen a lot of guys play on the PK for the Rangers. We saw Kako out there in this game. We saw Lafreniere out there in this game on the PK. But Kevin Rooney here makes an outstanding play to create a turnover, and he's going up the ice alone. He's going to have a breakaway opportunity, and the Bruins are basically, you know, you know, hooking at him, trying to slow him down. Rooney gets a shot off anyway, and it is denied by Olmark, but the official calls a penalty, and it turns out to be a penalty shot for Kevin Rooney, and then Rooney converts on his penalty shot opportunity. You know, there's other Rangers that you'd probably like to see out there taking a penalty shot more than Rooney, but, you know, Rooney's not clueless, clueless with the puck. He did more last season offensively than he ever had in his career, and hopefully he adds, you know, at least a little bit of offense to that fourth line. I realize they're out there to play physical and check and do all that good stuff, but it's nice to get the odd goal from your fourth line, and maybe Rooney can help with that, and he looked good here. He went in really slow, really methodical, but he pulled the trigger, really quick shot, and snuck it just inside the far post and tied the game for the Rangers. Obviously, we know what happened next. The game goes into overtime, and Lafreniere makes it happen, gets the Rangers the win. I, I also want to talk about Julian Gauthier simply because he's one of those players that's kind of on the cusp of, you know, making this team or 
not making this team or maybe being a healthy scratch on certain nights. I think to start the season, you guys will probably see Julian Gauthier as a healthy scratch. You know, one of the uh, forwards in the box watching every night and somebody that if somebody gets hurt, you know, you can plug him into the lineup. Gauthier, this is a thought that occurred to me while I was watching this game because Gauthier got a breakaway opportunity himself when the game was still tied and he's going in all alone. He explodes past the defenseman and the defenseman made a really nice play to poke the puck away from him. I believe there were only about three minutes, maybe four minutes left in the game at this point. Like we said, it was tied when this happened. But the thought that I had was that Gauthier... He just needs a moment. You know what I mean? Like, he needs a big-time Ranger moment. Julian Gauthier needs to score a big-time goal in a big-time spot for this New York Ranger team. We really haven't seen it, and I've talked before. There's no reason to go over it again about how, you know, he's basically lit up the AHL, but then he gets to the NHL, and uh, the, the success just does not translate. I still do think there's at least a little bit of upside there. I'm glad he's still here, but I think he's facing an uphill battle to make that opening night roster, and I think there's a pretty good chance he'll be one of the healthy scratches watching from the box when that happens. But yeah, I mean, like I said, he needs a big-time moment for this New York Ranger team. And that's pretty much it for today, but I want to at least mention some of the Ranger transactions. You know, they continue to trim this roster as the preseason continues here. Will Cooley, who I thought, you know, has been solid, has showed pretty well for himself, had a nice rookie camp, those two scrimmages against the Philadelphia Flyers. He has been assigned to the Windsor Spitfires. He will continue his development there. And then we have five players that the Rangers sent to the Hartford Wolfpack after this game. They are Braden Schneider, Lori Pahuniemi. Matthew Robertson, Tyler Wall, and Adam Huska. And out of this entire group here, all six of these players, I would say, as I mentioned before, that Braden Schneider probably had the best chance to make this team, and he might have been really the only guy that realistically had a chance to make the team. I mean, maybe you could throw Cooley in there a little bit. Like I said, he did show well for himself, but uh, Schneider, I think, at least had uh, a puncher's chance, but it's not going to be happening, not yet at least. And it seems to me that you look at that sixth and final defenseman spot, it's Zach Jones versus Nils Lundqvist. It's going to be one of those two guys that end up making this team and are out there on opening night. We will see how it shakes out. And one last piece of news here is that Greg McKaig had to clear waivers in order to be assigned to the Hartford Wolfpack. The Rangers placed him on waivers, and he indeed did clear. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it for today, guys. In our next episode, we will go ahead and continue our offseason series where we take a look at the best and worst case scenarios for every single player on the New York Rangers, and we will be moving into the defensemen in our next episode. We will very, very likely cover that tomorrow, Tuesday's episode, uh, but that will pretty much do it for today, guys. If you are in the Fantasy League, we have a draft time set for this upcoming Saturday night at 8 p.m. Eastern time, so that's when we'll be drafting. Definitely looking forward to that as well, and if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Ranger. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Once again, thank you so much for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Scott Cullen leans on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms.